This podcast is brought to you by the Canada Foundation for Innovation. Hi, uh, my name's Jordan. Uh, I'm a PhD student at University of Laval in Quebec City. I originally come from Scotland and uh, I have spent several years working on Arctic studies and I'm continuing my PhD. For my PhD, I'm working on a, a group of animals um, which are known as arrowworms, and these are, these are planktonic animals uh, which live in the Arctic. In general, there's not so much known about these animals, so I'm trying to work out what they do and uh, their role in the Arctic system. An arrowworm is a gelatinous animal, so gelatinous kind of means like jelly-like, so uh, like jellyfish, but it's, it's in the shape of a worm. Um, these, uh, these things have like a pointy tail and uh, generally a round head. And, but there's only three species of these guys that live in Arctic waters. Um, over, uh, there's about 200 um, in, the, in the whole world, but only three live in the Arctic. They might, they might look like an underwater alien species. But, you know, a lot of animals uh, that, that live in the Arctic waters, especially in deeper waters, might look a bit bizarre to, uh, to most people. But, you know, to scientists, they're beautiful. I, uh, well, I've been studying these animals for several years now. We, uh, we have shown recently that uh, they might not only be carnivores, um, which was a previous uh, understanding of them. If you read any literature on arrowworms, the vast majority of them are going to say that they're strict carnivores, they're strict predators, and they've also become known as the tigers of the plankton. Um, because they, they seem to be uh, quite ferocious. They have uh, sharp teeth and they have jaws. And um, in, uh, in aquaria, in experimental aquaria, they, they, grab, they seem to grab copepod prey and uh, they can immobilize it by injecting a poison. So, so they're, they're quite fierce, or they seem to be fierce, but very rarely you actually find prey inside their stomachs when you look at that. And much more commonly, you find other things like algae and detritus. So I think that they're probably filter feeding instead of taking prey directly. Um, I think they're doing that more often. I think that they might be important in the system because actually uh, they, can, uh, they can be food for, for the young stages of fish. And, um, and then they may actually be very important in the, in the movement of carbon through the oceans. So, so this, is, this is carbon flux. Um, lots of animals that, for example, like copepods, if they produce fecal pellets, um, which is like poo, uh, that stuff goes down to the bottom. And this is an important source of carbon um, to deeper waters. We don't really know so much about the role of, of these animals in, in things like that. So hopefully I'll be able to answer some of those questions during my PhD. I came to Quebec because, um, actually, I wanted, I wanted to be in a country that was heavily involved in Arctic research. I had been in Norway previously, and there were, there were several aspects that drove me to Canada, first and foremost. I've got family that live in Vancouver, um, and a lot of those people I'd never seen before, so I kind of wanted to see them and be in more contact with them. Um, in addition, I did have quite a, what I consider to be a good level of French at that point. Um, you know, whether it actually was or not, it's a different subject, but I considered it to be. And thirdly, the guy I'm working with now is probably one of the biggest guys in Arctic science in the whole world. My PhD supervisor is Louis Forte, who is one of the directors of Arctic Net. Um, and uh, he is, he's been doing this stuff for a long time. He's gained quite a reputation in the field, um, mostly working with fish larvae and stuff, but 
he realised that there's a lot of these arrowworms in the samples from the Canadian Arctic and, and nobody has studied them in our lab before, so they needed someone like me to help them on that subject. I've been on the Amundsen twice now. If you haven't been on the Amundsen before, uh, I think it's a very incredible experience. It's really great to be working with other scientists and also with Coast Guard staff that really care about the science. Like the, these guys, these Coast Guard guys are very passionate about making our field campaigns a, a great success. You meet some really cool friends and, and those friends are probably likely to stay with you for, for a long time. Because we did have these common experiences together, we saw the most cool things together. There was this one time on the Amundsen, which, uh, which really blew my mind, uh, when we actually saw four polar bears on the ice at one time. This involved uh, a, male, a large male polar bear coming first. It, it identified a seal. It saw a seal. It came, it fed on the seal. It had its full. And then and it, it saw that there was a mother and two cubs coming near it as well, obviously wanting a bit of the action. Um, Obviously, male polar bears can be quite hostile towards females, especially when they have cubs. So it wasn't clear what was going to happen there, but the male, he walked away and he let the female take over. The female had, uh, had the male as well, and then she just lay down on the ice and let the, the cubs uh, finish off. And all of them had blood all over their face. But it was cool to see that, I mean, when they eat something like that, they're going to be fine. They're going to be able to survive probably for, for a couple of weeks or whatever. And, uh, and with all the problems like climate change now, it's really nice to see that kind of thing. It just makes it clear why we do all this stuff. And, you know, it's, it's like, wow, we are really seeing something that very few people get to see, and, and we're in their world right now. You know, this is the land of the polar bear. This is not our world. If it wasn't for the ship and it wasn't for Arctic Knit, we would never get to see these things, you know? So I'm very grateful about the opportunity to continue consistently. Every year, you know, I always thank uh, Arctic Knit and, and, and its associates for giving us an opportunity to continue seeing these things. And, and at the end of the day, you know, we're learning about that system only so that we can improve it. We can make it better and make its future better.